Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I hope you all can hear me. Uh, let me know if you can't in the live chat because we've had some technical difficulties tonight. Uh, our normal streaming service that we do um, through through YouTube. Uh, thanks. You guys are letting me know you can hear me. That's great. I didn't get to run the regular audio check because that other service is down. So uh, we had to, I had to do something else. So we're actually coming uh, through YouTube. Luckily, this is a solo show because if not, I wouldn't have been able to add anybody else. But I was running a little bit late anyway because, as you all may know, that the Steelers within the last hour have just made another trade. And that is uh, one Nick Vanette is, or Vanette, or however you say it, you know, I like to butcher names, um, is, was just traded to the Steelers from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they reportedly gave up a fifth round pick for him. The Steelers already did not have a fifth round pick because they traded it to the Miami Dolphins in order to gain their fourth round pick as part of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. So this means that it looks like they traded him, uh, traded for him with the pick that they got from the Jacksonville Jaguars when they traded Joshua Dobbs. So if that's the case, it looks like, and it was a couple weeks later, but they traded Dobbs for Vanette. So that's a pretty, um, I'd say that's a pretty fair trade. Um, I know there's some speculation about Vance McDonald's health because he was in a sling today. Um, I kind of was talking with Jeff Hartman about this. He thought, well, we better get ready to do something about McDonald being out, like maybe even on the IR. And I said, I don't think so. I think they needed another tight end anyway. He might be out short term, but hopefully not long term. I think they just will announce another move tomorrow. So uh, I'll actually check here in the live chat for a little bit, see if anyone wants to throw it out there. In order to have room for Vanette on the 53-man roster, who do you think will get released tomorrow when the Steelers must announce it? Um, the possibilities are they could release Zach Gentry and see if he could then get to the practice squad because I don't see teams lining up to claim him. Um, or it could be one of the other wide receivers like a Dante Moncrief or a Ryan Switzer. Um, Moncrief was not even active. Switzer did not see the field on offense. Um, it's hard to say what they're going to do. And I know a lot of people are saying about Dante Moncrief, and I want to remind people of something before I go on. I wrote an article this past summer about the third round pick the Steelers could receive um, for the loss of number 26, uh, the previous number 26, uh, to the New York Jets as part of the consent, uh, compensatory formula. And that part of that formula is you have to lose more players than you gain. And if something happened where, let's say, an LJ Fort got cut by the Philadelphia Eagles, which he did not, but that was a possibility going into training camp, that the Steelers, the only way they could get their third-round pick would be to cut either Steven Nelson or Dante Moncrief. And the overwhelming opinion was, no, 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 we don't want to get rid of them. This is great. We're doing wonderful. Oh, how quickly things change that now everyone is calling for the 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 release of Dante Moncrief. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. Um, they did make two practice squad moves today, which was ironic that they added another tight end. 
The name is escaping me right now because I'm a little bit flustered. The trade just went down. The service wasn't working. I'm trying to get my numbers together to make sure that we're good. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. I can't remember. I know he was a guy that uh, that the Steelers ended up drafting Gentry because he was one of the ones that was already gone. I know it wasn't Foster Moreau because that was the guy I really liked. Um, but he had been with this. This was a no. I don't think it was before Gentry. I think he went later than Gentry. He was like a maybe a seventh round pick. Um, but the Steelers picked him up with a practice squad and released Robert Spillane, um, the linebacker. They also switched out corners earlier in the day. They brought back a corner, and I can't remember his name. I think he went to Texas A&M or one of those Texas schools. Um, yeah, Elise Mack um, was the name of the tight end that they brought in. Thank you very much, Philip. I cannot, because we're on a different streaming service, I cannot bring your comments up on the screen today, guys. So uh, I'll just try to try to uh, say that. Um but there was another, um, I can't remember the name of the corner, if anyone um, can help me. Uh, Myers, I think it was. That, yep, that's what Jared Devil says in the live chat. He was actually with the Steelers early on in camp, and he was released because he had mono. Um, so he was brought back, and the other corner, uh, I want to say it was Mathis, was the other corner that was on the practice squad that the Steelers released. So, wow, lots of updates, lots of things going on there. So for those of you that want to know a little bit about uh, Nick Vanette, I'm tr going to try to look up some things here. I hope I'm still actually on YouTube. Um, clicking back. Yep. It looks like I'm still there. I clicked to another window because this is different. Sorry. Um, for those of you in podcast form, you're probably wondering why it's such a problem, but uh, it's a different video service. So it's a little bit tricky. Um, but Vanette, he did have a catch against the Steelers. I think it was a, like a 12 yard gain on a third and 10 or something. I thought I saw on Twitter. Um, but when it comes to his statistics, he has four, four receiving touchdowns um, since he was drafted in 2016 um, by this, by the Seattle Seahawks. He didn't. Um, but when it actually comes to looking for his statistics, here we go. He only played in, in uh, nine games in 2016, he played in 15 games in 17 and 18 and played in all three games in 2019. Um, his starts are off a little bit because it all depends on what formation you come out in. If you're in a two tight end formation, he's more likely to start than, than anything else. But um, he had three touchdowns last year, last year. Um, in 15 games, he had uh, 29, only 29 receptions for 269 yards, but he did have uh, three touchdowns, and he had a touchdown in 2017. So that's the deal going on there. So that's the news that happened there. But uh, I don't want to just talk about that the whole time because I had a whole show planned, so let's go ahead and do that. As you guys know, the way we start off, we talk about some numbers and statistics from this past week, and then we talk about some numbers and statistics that we want to have moving forward. So let's talk about this past week first. Oh, man, there was another one I wanted to write down. I got to try to remember off the top of my head. The number that really jumps out to me is 11 of 13. And if you're wondering what 11 of 13 is from this past Sunday, is that 11 of of the Steelers' 13 drives lasted two minutes or less of time off the clock. It just completely killed their time of possession. They didn't maintain drives. They didn't have long drives. Their, their two drives that were longer than two minutes was the second field goal when they 
go um, when they had their second turnover that they ended up in field goal range where they got a first down. They did run over two minutes off the clock there. And they had a five-minute drive. I'm pretty sure that was in the second quarter. I think it was 11 plays or so, but it only went 30-some yards. And then it resulted in a punt. And that was it when it came of the time of possession. So that is that. Um, let's see. Hold on here. Um, let's issue some timeouts in the live chat already. Uh, if people are still going to come back and 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 continue to act with the same antics that they had in past nights, that's just what's going to happen. So um, sorry that that distracted a little bit. But that that was the numbers from this past week that I wanted to talk about. The time of possession numbers. They didn't have long enough drives. They had it was over 12 and a half minutes more time of possession for the 49ers than for the Steelers. They didn't hold on to the ball. They didn't sustain drives. I am not coming on here and just I don't want to go on a tirade and everything else um, about the Steelers coaching staff. Um that's just kind of not, I'm tired of, I'm actually tired of hearing about it all the time in comments and on Twitter on everything else about the coaches. Yes. The coaches are, are struggling as much as the players are this year for the Steelers. The offensive line is struggling. I did a piece on that. The, um, um, James Connor struggling. Part of that could, is dealing with the offensive line as well. I do believe that part of the offense is they're not being put in a very good situation. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the past week or just in general. We'll, we'll talk about just some of the woes before we look ahead. I, I, the most disappointing thing for me this past week, other, outside of the numbers, was the lack of creativity on offense. I felt that the offense was more creative in the second half against Seattle than they were this past game. I haven't really been following a bunch in the live chat. I just saw some people being upset with someone and it was a name that I noticed from before that they have a tendency to come in here and create problems. So uh, luckily through this streaming service, I was able, I, I have the timeout feature uh, much more readily available, but I'm going to try to see what you all have to say. Now. I think that. Did Sunday kind of remind you all of a game in the past for the Steelers? It really reminded me of the Steelers playoff game in Denver at the end of the 2005 or 2005, 2015 season when the week before Ben Roethlisberger was injured and left the game against Cincinnati and came in at the end to save it. If you all remember the play calling, now I know that was that was a uh, that was when Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator, but if you remember the play calling in that game, it was that Ben was playing but he obviously couldn't throw very far because of the injury. So they had this completely safe, ultra conservative game plan going in and they just felt really limited. I felt like the Steelers did that this past Sunday as well. And they didn't even need to, and I don't feel, I don't feel like they need to. And if you go back and compare that that playoff game in the 2015 season against the Denver Broncos, where the, that was the infamous uh, Fitzgerald Toussaint fumble, um, which then when the Steelers had, had the lead and were in scoring position to add to it. Um, 
Yeah, so someone in there. Um, just just uh, Kyle Smith just brought that up. You know, Tobin and Toussaint played well though until the fumble, um, and the Steelers still almost won that game. But in that game, I went and did some calculations. Even then, with Ben struggling and not being able to throw and his shoulder and everything, they still had here. Here was their shotgun to under center ratio. I went back and looked at it, looked at the statistics on Steelers.com for every play of every drive just to do this today. They were in shotgun 65% of the time and under center 45% of the time. But yet on Sunday with Mason Rudolph and needing to establish a running game and an offensive line that blocks better uh, running wise when the running back gets a running start and a running back that runs better getting a running start. Um, if you you could even took this as a backhanded comment that I saw that James Conner made on his radio show about their San Francisco's defense being so fast that when they were running, when they were running sideways, they just got there too fast. In other words, that's a way of saying, Hey, we need to run up field. We need to run up field. And the best way to do that is from under center, but still the Steelers ran 90.2% of their plays from shotgun. It's almost like they tried to run the exact same offense with Ben Roethlisberger, with Mason Rudolph, who is not Ben Roethlisberger. Mason needs to be Mason. Yes, you specifically had an offensive coordinator that was specific to the strengths of Ben Roethlisberger. But if Coach Fiegner wants to show that that he is a real offensive coordinator and not just a easy one-trick pony, all I can do is the stuff that Ben was good at, He's got to figure out something else for them to do. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying they should get rid of him. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying it needs to have a better a better game plan. So uh, Kree's telling me I need to preach it. I might have said some of the same stuff last night when I guessed it on the preview. Not the preview. The, the hangover. Uh, wrong show. Um, but I think there's still a lot of potential there. Is there anything else from this game or the la- or the season up to this date? Any numbers anyone else wants to throw out there now? I'm going to start looking at at the live chat right now so I can so I can see that. Um, I'll let everyone know at what point that I did that. So that's just kind of my thoughts on. It. I know I didn't struggle on those stats, but the the offense did the defense no favors on Sunday. The defense got the five turnovers. They only got six points off of them. Now, granted. At least two of those turnovers kept the 49ers from scoring points when they were in scoring position. At least two. Okay. Um, here we go. I keep trying to click on these. I'm sorry, guys, that uh, Mark Davison says the Bengals are 0-9 um, versus the Seahawks. Actually, I think I think they're 1-9 in the last 10. I think it's they've won eight in a row. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty close. Um so <laughs> Philip says, how about zero people injured this week? So yes, that's one of those things that we definitely want to look at there. Um, um, still looking here. Uh, some people, uh, we've already got some people calling to see, um, to see duck. You're not going to see duck. Um, Lance is asking about the record of teams who've gotten five turnovers. Uh, I, I've seen that somewhere. I don't have that off the top of my head. There, the record is. I think the, I think the they win. Um, the team that gets the five turnovers, they win. It's it's over ninety some percent of the time. It's not like it's the first time this has ever happened. 
Um, but it's uh, it is a very rare thing. But um, some people want to say that it's like oh forty five. That's that's not a correct stat. Some someone some other people are saying it was oh forty one and fourteen. Uh, that's not a correct stat. Um, I've seen some a lot of on especially on Twitter incorrect stats thrown out there about the records with the five turnovers that are not true. I I did I did see that. Um, there's I'm trying to remember. I mean, and then some people. I oh I know. Um, I might be getting confused with the one that some people kept saying that they like the 041 and one had to do with the um, with with the plus three turnovers. That's not true. I mean that um at all there's a, there's a lot of stuff maybe um maybe that's something that i should make sure i get out there i saw someone put it out there and what it is but it, it's not it's not zero win i mean it's not it's not that the teams that have had five oh five turnovers have had zero wins that's that's not what's going on um so so here we go that's that's some historic stuff there um Let's look for this week now. I really want to turn and look at the future because the title of the show, um, I'm trying to even remember what the title of the show was. <laughs> um, the title of this show was, huh, um, Statistics Show Better Days Lie Ahead for the Steelers. Here's why. I know people want to talk about the statistic, and you know me, I, 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 I love to do statistics. But sometimes you can get statistics to show anything that you want. Okay. The fact that the Steelers are 0 and 3, you could you could look at their statistics of how much it could be to, to, to make the playoffs. But what we don't realize is that since none of them have played each other, the Steelers, I mean, technically all of the AFC North could have could be 0 and 3 right now. Now they're not, um, because of some of the matchups that they have. But if they were you can't tell me that there's such a low chance to don't make the playoffs because one of those teams would have to. And I outlined this in an article um, that, that, that said, this is the path to the playoffs for the Steelers. I'm pretty sure that was the one that I did. Yes, it was today. I'm getting my days mixed up. There is a path for the Steelers to make the playoffs and it is, runs completely through the AFC North. I laid it out in depth last night on the hangover. If you didn't get to, to watch that on YouTube or listen to it on podcast, make sure you go back and do that because there is a way for them to get there. What I want to look at is going forward is some of these crazy stats that, um, a lot of people are down on the Steelers, but you got to look at who they've played. And sometimes that's not what, what people want to look to, who they've played in the situations they've been in. Okay. Week one, they lost to the defending Super Bowl champions that have just been steamrolling everyone that we've seen right now. That's just one. You wanted to have a better showing, but it was that was going to be a tough win. Okay. The next week, they were playing a team that they could have and probably should have beat in Seattle at home, but they're still a good, solid team. And you lose your franchise quarterback in the first half. There was just a little bit, I mean, you've, you've got to take that into consideration. Although I still feel that in that game, Rudolph played better than Roethlisberger. Um, and the Steelers could have had a chance to win that game, if it, but if they could have maybe even had the ball back. Then the Steelers have to go on the road to the West Coast to face another undefeated team in the San Francisco 49ers that have an excellent uh, defensive front that have steamrolled their other competition. Now, granted, 
the problem the Steelers fans have in losing this game, and which I completely understand, is the is that they got the five turnovers. They had so many opportunities to win this game. If you didn't know about the five turnovers and you went into this game on the West Coast that, that the Steelers were, were six and a half point underdogs, and you went into this game and you were told that you had the ball with just around just over four minutes left in the game, up three, you'd be ecstatic. If you even said, hey, they're in field goal range, the other team's in field goal range with two minutes left in the game. So you're either going to hold them to a field goal and then try to score yourself or hope or get the ball back with a little bit of time to then have to try to catch uh, catch up down four. Steeler fans still would have taken that going into the game. It was the other 58 minutes that led up to that point that is so disappointing. So when you look at just the wins and losses, you we're, we're also taking into account how those wins and losses came. But if you look at it right now, the combined record of the teams that the Steelers have played the first three weeks is eight and one. They are, they have a winning percentage of 88.9%. It let now part of that is because they have three wins over the Steelers. Let's take those three wins away. Those teams are still five and one, which is an 83% winning percentage. And you also got to look at the only team that's lost a game out of the teams that they've played so far is the Seattle Seahawks, who lost to the New Orleans Saints. Now, granted, they didn't have Drew Brees, but they still had their other weapons that they have. So what I'm saying is these teams that the Steelers have lost to are good teams. If the Steelers would have dropped a game already to, to Miami or Arizona or someone like that, that would really be a cause for concern. But the Steelers had the chance and probably should have won one, if not two, of those games against good quality opponents. So I know right now Steeler fans are frustrated. They don't have much faith. I know I hear from Lance Williams all the time. This season's over. This season's done. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, not when they're only two games out and of, of the North. And the Ravens, their two wins. Who are they against? Arizona and Miami. You would expect them to win those games. You're still going to expect the Steelers to win those games. Baltimore still has to play Seattle and San Francisco and New Orleans. Not New Orleans. What am I saying? New England. Okay. So that's the hope going on here. So this is the numbers I was looking at going into. The Steelers, the winning, the current winning percentage of the teams the Steelers have already played is 88.9%. The the current winning percentage of the teams that the Steelers have yet to play in their remaining 13 games right now is 39.7%. Moving forward, they have winnable games. They have winnable games. Now, a couple of those games are tough. You've got, after Cincinnati, you've got Baltimore. That's tough. Then you have to go to the Chargers. That could be tough. You've still got the undefeated Rams, and but the other team that's on here that's really um, bringing bringing this record even higher is the three and zero Buffalo Bills. But you also got to look at the the Bills are three and zero, but are they really legit? They they play the Patriots this week. This will show you a lot about the Bills. The Bills have had some some narrow victories over some. I'm pretty sure. Yes, looking back on it, the Buffalo Bills are three and zero. 
And every team that they have beat this season is 0-3. They have not beat a team that actually has a win yet. So although the Bills are 3-0, that's that's that. So if you look ahead at who the Steelers still have to play, there's still a lot of teams out there that even if the Steelers would have played like they did against Seattle or even like they did against San Francisco, that they could beat those teams because the Steelers just came up short against better quality opponents. Um, I still think San Francisco is pretty good because their defense is the real deal, in my opinion. Um, so you kind of got to look at look at that. Um, now, if you look at the Ravens, the the winning percentage of the teams that they've played so far is thirty eight point nine percent. If you take away the wins, the wins and losses that the Ravens got from those teams, then you are then then it's like forty four percent, something like that. But and the Ravens, the teams they still have yet to play, their winning percentage is at 46.1%. So technically, you look at that, they have a harder schedule ahead than what the Steelers do. And part of that is because the Ravens play the Steelers twice. That's 0-6 right now that factors into that because the Steelers are 0-3. So they have that. Cleveland's in a very similar situation. I think they have the exact same winning percentage of teams moving forward. Cleveland's in a that what's really interesting is them right now. I'm not sure who I'm rooting for yet between Cleveland and Baltimore this week, because Cleveland's got Baltimore this week. Um, and then there are, I think their next three games. Um, I'm not sure the exact order, but it's Seattle, San Francisco by, and then new England. I mean, the most winnable game, I think that the, that the Browns have is probably the Ravens this week in Baltimore. I mean, and then maybe San Francisco, but I'm pretty sure they're traveling out there as well. So they've, um, I might have that backwards. I'm not sure if they're traveling there or not. So that's pretty interesting to think about as well, is that the Browns, although they have, if you look at the end of their schedule, their last eight weeks, other than the Steelers and, and the, um, and the Ravens, they don't play any, but that's when they have the Dolphins and the Cardinals and the Bengals twice and a bunch of teams like that. So Cleveland's got a chance to come back at the end, but they've got to get through that New England game first. Um, so I'm still not sure who I'm pulling for on that one. I know some of you are still in the live chat. I haven't been looking at it because I want to stay focused on what we were saying. So that's my numbers going forward, is that my numbers going forward to this week is um, – 39.7%. That's the winning current winning percentage of all the remaining teams that the Steelers have, have yet to play. That Baltimore game is going to be enormous. I'm really glad that the Steelers play the Bengals first because I'd much rather play the Bengals first and the Ravens next because this is that game that they need. The Steelers have to win this week. If they drop to 0-4 and 0-1 in the division, and lose to another to an to a, a fellow 0 and 3 team coming into it they have real problems they've got to get things on track right now i'm sure uh people in the live chat probably agree that um that this is a must win game this is a must win game so it's going to be interesting to see monday night um if you want me to throw out some some um on particular statistics, I'm going to say I want the Steelers. You don't even have to go 30-30, but you've got to get at least 28 minutes time of possession. All right. You've got to get that this week. I would prefer them to win the game the time of possession. But 
I mean, you've got to cut that number from 12 to less than four. That's got to happen. That's one. Two, you've got to be able to run the football. And I'm not talking about attempts. I'm talking about yards. Because you can continue to sit back and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball um, all you can. But if you're not going anywhere with it, it's not going to help. They don't have to just run. They need to run effectively. So I think this is a good game to get the offensive line back on track. Get those big guys back on track. Get out there. I know there's some. I know there's some good. I, I mean, South of Cincinnati doesn't have a good defensive front. I mean, they do. They gave. Um, they gave Seattle some fits with that. But get back out here against a familiar opponent and go out there. And show everyone that you are that you are the strength of this team. Because as I had to write on Monday, right now the offensive line looks more like their biggest weakness rather than their biggest strength. So that's what I want to see going forward. I really want to want to um, want to see that time of possession um, a little bit more balanced. But I'm trying to say for everyone that's down on everything, and you're saying all the Steelers are terrible, they've lost to good teams and they have winnable games of he- ahead. So if these three losses were spread out over different parts of the season, I would understand. But in my opinion, if you want to say, if you want to say the, the, the eight toughest games for the Steelers versus the eight, not as tough games for the Steelers, all three of these games, I don't know exactly where they'd fall because I really like to get through the first quarter of the season first to, to draw too many conclusions. But I, I would put all three of these teams in the in the most difficult eight. They might even be probably in the most difficult five of their games, perhaps. Well, I don't know, because I'd put Baltimore up there too, and then you play them twice, so you gotta count them. So it it it's it's not an easy task. Not an easy task. So yes, for those of you just joining us, the Steelers made a trade uh for tight end Nick Vinette from Seattle. Uh, gave up a fifth-round pick. Appears to be the pick that they gained um, from Jacksonville for Joshua Dobbs because I'm pretty sure that's the only one they had. I am now going to open up the live chat to either numbers or questions. Sorry if I'm typing really loud. Um, that if anyone wants to throw anything out there, we can take some time here to do that. Some numbers you would like to see going forward this week now, or if you have a question. Just so you know, uh, you can use the super chat feature on here. I'm going back, scrolling back just to make sure we're not missing any super chat stuff. Okay, that's good. The super chat feature is you can type in your comment, and before you hit send, you click the little dollar sign down at the bottom. You can donate any amount that you want to the show, and that would then um, just come to us. That will bump up your question to the top of the queue that you can ask um, and um, get that. Um, asked or that comment out there, no matter what. Unfortunately, I can't bring them up on the screen, but I can read them. So here we go. Let's let's dive in and see this. Um, um, here we go. Mark Davison. What he wants to see is a hundred percent effort from the whole team. Agreed. Yeah. There's a lot of t. There's a lot of guys. I'm not saying I don't want to call anyone out or say that's not a hundred percent effort. But when the team as a whole looks like it's not giving everything they got, it's got to be because individuals aren't. And I still think it could be um, paralysis by analysis. It could be that they're trying to figure out what they're doing. They're second guessing what they, well, what their assignment is on defense or something like that. So they just got to get more confident. Um, when I coached football, I 
uh, high school football, I told my players, I would rather you go 100% and completely block the wrong person. This is my offensive lineman. Then go at it halfway, but get the assignment right. I'd rather you go 100% and completely miss your guy. And it, so if he blows at the play, blows the play, we'll fix it some other time. But I'd rather you do that going 100% than actually get to the right guy only going 50%. So uh, that's true. Um, here we go. How about, uh, wait, I skipped ahead a little bit. Um, Melvin says, Jalen Samuels needs more touches. Agreed. Agreed. He's, um, whether it's on the pass or on the run. Okay. Um, Higher low from Kevin. Four turnovers and four touchdowns. Um, that's a bit high um, on the turnovers, but I think they need to score four touchdowns this week. Well, they could probably get a win with three, but four would be better. Um, is is Vanette a good pickup? I don't know a ton about him, but I'll be honest with you. Um, do you do you even have to ask if he's better than Xavier Grimble? Because if Vance McDonald can't go this week. That's your number one tight end otherwise. So I'm going to say, I'm not saying that he's an upgrade over McDonald. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but I will say that he has now become a steadier person to fill in if McDonald is out and a much better number two option um, at the tight end. So um, double HH wants to see at least um, – <laughs> um, at least 50 yards rushing and 250 yards passing. Yeah. What's sad is those weren't impressive totals, but yet that's still something good. Okay. Chuck Carr. I love what your thought process, but there ain't no way I can see it happening. He wants to see a 50, 50 split between shotgun and being under center. That just doesn't seem to be the, the, the way that uh, Randy Fitner's offense is going to operate. I'd be happy with 80, 20 at this point, And that's still way too much. So uh, I just think they have so many more options with the play action and with the running game. And I don't think that Rudolph is afraid to drop back from under center. So uh, there. Um, Cree wants to know what's it going to take to have the receivers play better Um, with your young guys is going to take experience. Uh, That's pretty much it. And it's going to take actually passing the ball down the field. I saw. I'm sure a bunch of you saw the statistic that um, the 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 only two passes completed more than one yard downfield by the Steelers on Sunday were the two touchdown passes. That was it. Everything else was completed around the line of scrimmage. There were some other passes thrown longer, but they were not completed. So that's something that's got that takes both the quarterback and the receivers stepping up there. Um, I wasn't surprised that they went kind of conservative with Rudolph and didn't let him do much, but I thought they would at least change up stuff enough to make the other things better. I mean, if you're not going to let Rudolph throw it down the field, then you've got to line up under center and give your running backs a better chance of gaining yards and your offensive lineman a better chance of driving guys down the field. Um, You you can't have it both ways. Um, um, 150 yards. Oh, wait. Aha. There we go. I think it skipped ahead. Um, where Mark, um, um, said his, his, uh, he, he wanted to, to, um, reiterate what, what he really meant before was that it was, um, 150 yards rushing. It it was a typo. There was another one in there. I just couldn't see it. Um, 
or, or no, maybe that was Double H. Maybe it wasn't, um, or maybe it was Mark. I'm getting confused. No, it was Double H. I'm sorry. I got lost for a moment. It jumped on me. Um, so, yeah, um, 60% of third down conversions this game. Yeah, vodka drinker, that would be fantastic. The Steelers have three third down conversions in each game. I think they're three of 12, three of 11, and three of 12, if I remember off the top of my head. I mean, they haven't hit double digit three um, third down conversions on the season in three games. That's pretty bad. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Bill Davis get, said that Bill Cower used to say, I don't care if you're wrong, be wrong wide open. Yep, that's kind of the same thing that I said I like to say. Um, uh, oh, this is a good question from Steeler Fan seventy four. Do I think that Connor last week looked to step off from his knee injury? I, I didn't even think about the whole thing with the knee injury. I don't know that that was bothering him. I know that the offensive line looked bad. I know that there weren't there wasn't any surge and there wasn't any holes in a lot of times. And they were asking him to run sideways an awful lot. So I don't know if the knee had anything to do with it. I know he was trying to protect the ball when he fumbled it. He's just got to get better at that. That's just kind of how it is. Um, Jared Devil would like to see 100 all-purpose yards from Jalen Samuels. That sounds fantastic. Um, someone was asking about uh, Big Ben's contract extension guaranteed money. His signing bonus was. Um, that's how those things kind of work and, and how that plays out. Uh, you could uh, Overthecap.com is a great place to go check that out. That's all I would do, just to report it to you all. Um, la um, last year um, was saying that um, someone someone bringing up about last year against the Bengals that they could not, um, they couldn't move, they couldn't move the ball against the Bengals because of Mister Third and Fifth, and the offense was running around him, and that. That might be part of the problem. Now, I'll be honest with you. What happened week 17 last year was they were planning on him being there, and he wasn't. So the game plan um, was kind of off from that as well. Um, says these receivers are young and need to develop. That is true. I completely agree with that. Um, we have someone saying we need a new punt returner. I will tell you this. Ryan Switzer does catch the ball pretty well. He did have one that went through his arms and came right back up to him. I think that was in week two. Um, but when it comes to actually gaining yards, it, there's not much going on there. Um, uh, Dennis completely agree here that the offense needs to be less predictable. That's the problem. You're just, the offense is lining up and saying, this is what we're going to do. Stop it. And when they had Ben Roethlisberger, that's how Ben wanted to act, but that's not the way this team is built now. Uh, Mark Davison wants to know if AJ Green is playing. There had I can't even remember the name of the new head coach of the Bengals. Isn't that sad? Um, he announced today that he is not expected to play. Um, Chuck says about Grimble at fullback that Grimble was playing fullback up until Vance McDonald got hurt. Then Grimble had to play tight end. Apparently, Zach Gentry got 10 snaps on Sunday. Did anyone else notice him on the field? Because I sure didn't. Um, <laughs> someone saying, um, wouldn't be able to wear their Steelers jersey in public again. I wear mine no matter what. Because you know what? This team's going to be 0-16, and I'm still going to be a fan. I still am. I'm going to say uh, what they need to do. I am not remorseful over next year's first-round pick. I don't know why so many people are are so fixated on it because they feel the season's not going the way they want, and they want to look for that already. 
that's not a guarantee. I don't know why you're so focused on next year already, or more or less when it comes to draft. A lot of times it's the year after that when these players really start to pan out. I don't know why you're so worried about the future when what we need to worry about is Cincinnati. Worry about Cincinnati. Let's get a win. Then let's get another one, and then let's start stacking them. And we're worried about a first-round pick next year. Instead, we got a player that's showed that he is well worth a first-round pick um, that is playing for us right now. Um, that's right, Bill. Wear that jersey loud and proud. Uh, I'm going to have to skip ahead for you guys a little bit. I'm sorry because um, there's a lot going on in the – with lots of comments tonight, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, Double H agrees that the time of possession is the most crucial stat for each game. Well, it's one of the most crucial stats for each game. Um, of course, we all know the only one that really matters is points. Um, and the Steelers have got to, yes, you are correct. They've got to keep that um, um, turnover margin. They've got to keep that um, zero or in, the, or in the positive. You don't want that to be in the negative. Um, Cree wants to know what the new tight end play this week. Here's what's great. Um, the Steelers... Because they play on Monday, they don't like we don't get an injury report on Wednesday like we normally would. We'd normally get an injury report Wednesday and Thursday and a stats report Friday. Not this week. We get our injury reports Thursday and Friday and stats report Saturday. Even Coach Tomlin's press conference did not happen today. It happens tomorrow. Everything's a week later. So bringing him now, being a Monday night game, getting him on a Tuesday, um, I think he'll be hopefully ready to go. Um, I think that was the expectation in trading for him. Um, so here we go. I'm trying to see. Um, people are asking me how much I know about him. I kind of answered that before. I don't know a ton about the new tight end. I really don't. I don't know. Um, I know he had, like I said, I know he had three touchdowns last year. He didn't have a ton of yards and he didn't have a ton of receptions. Um, I mean, he averaged not even two receptions a game. but. I mean, there's more to a tight end than that. I don't know how he is as a blocker. I really don't know. I'm, I'm half tempted. If if this trade would have happened, um, several hours, three hours earlier, I would have tried to get a hold um, of of Brandon from from um, Field Goals, which is the Seattle um, SB Nation podcaster. I, I went on his show with him. He was on with Jeff and Lance when we played Seattle. I would try to get hold of him. I would even try to have got him on the show, but it didn't matter because um, StreamYard wasn't working. So we had to do something else. So I wouldn't have been able to have him on, but I need to talk to him about what he knows about this. I'll probably reach out to him here after the show to say what's going on. Um, St um, Steeler fan 74 wants to know, what do we do to shore up the middle of the field on defense? That's the million-dollar question. That really is. I don't know if that has to do with scheme or personnel. I don't know. I think teams are specifically scheming to exploit that. Sometimes I wonder if the Steelers forget that the other team game, game plans against you as well. They're going to try to exploit what you're doing. So that's why you can't just constantly keep doing the same thing because they or that's the thing that they're trying. They see what you're doing. And they're and they're they're making decisions based on what you have done in the past. If you just keep doing what you've done in the past, they are going to be able to do what they need to to exploit that. So you've got to mix it up. You've got to 
disguise what you're doing. You've got to not make it so predictable. I know that's what a lot of people are saying. Um, I would like both coordinators to coordinate um, in order to win the game and not sometimes it just feels like they're coordinating out of fear of losing their job, that they're playing it safe to try to not lose. They don't want to screw up too bad to lose their job. Guess what? You don't need to lose your job. You need to, you need to win your job. You need to earn it. So let's go out there and, and earn it. Um, yeah. Mark says that they need to tackle. That's when they, the tackling hasn't been terrible this year um, with the exception of um, the one run um, Seattle run that there was some tackles missed on that one. Um so some people are giving some answers um, about the new Steelers tight end in the live chat. That's great. You all can check that out if you're there. Um, so there's just kind of kind of drying up with questions a little bit now because people are answering the other ones. So I really appreciate you all joining me tonight. Um, some things to, to talk about just uh, in general. Next week. I'm not sure exactly how things are going to go because with the Steelers playing on Monday night, that's kind of messing up our podcast schedule. There is the possibility that we could have double podcast next Tuesday. I know the hangover usually goes around 545 on Mondays. They were late this Monday because of a schedule conflict, but they're usually more of an earlier show on Monday. But since the game's on Monday and that show's going to need to be on Tuesday, we might run the hangover early and stat geek late. That's not a definite, but it is a possibility. So uh, hopefully, maybe in, even in the post game show, Jeff and Lance can let people know uh, what that's how that's going to going to play out. Um, so that's one. Two, the time for submissions for the for the tickets for Monday night's game is over. That ended at eight o'clock. I already sent those submissions to both Brian and Jeff. They have both chosen their five favorites. I think there was at least one overlap. So you all will have eight or nine uh, to choose from tomorrow morning. Probably, I think it's right around 730. There will be an article coming out to pick the new, um, to pick the slogan winner for a t-shirt for us to print up in order for people to be able to purchase. The person who chose that slogan, that is the winner, will get two tickets to the game Monday night um, against the Bengals. After this show is done, I'm going to be reaching out to those people whose um, slogans were picked as finalists just to make sure that everything is square with that going on. And uh, and that's what's going on there. Um, so here we go. Um, Steelers will have a roster move tomorrow with the new tight end. Someone's going to be released or put on IR. Um, not sure how that's going to pan out. Got some injuries we got to look at. Uh, Coach Tom's press conference at noon tomorrow for those of you that can catch it. Um, we still have the the, um, the BTSC Survivor Leagues going on. Article came out today. We are now less than 50% of the people. Not many people got eliminated this past week, but it did drop below 50% of the people. Um, I think it was like whew, out of everyone that was left in the league, two-thirds of them picked the Cowboys this past week. So a lot of people moved on. So that's where we stand with that one. Hopefully you guys are still in that one. Hopefully you're still involved with that one with the chance to win the David DeCastro football. Um, I'll also have tomorrow my, um, my um, BTSC bookie article will be coming out with a little bit of stuff about betting lines. We're going to look at money lines this week um, where fans can go in and, and vote on which, on which games we're, we're placing our, our fake money on. So um, I don't know. 
anybody, if, if you have um, a couple minutes here at the end of the live chat here before we finish up, if you think that there's a team out there right now that's an underdog for this week that you think could could win in an upset, because when you buy money lines, the underdogs are what you're looking for. Um, if you have any idea what, what which teams are underdogs, if you think there's one, oh, I think this team's due to um, due to win one. Um, throw that here. Throw that in the live chat right now because I'll use that as a, as a suggestion as one of the one of the possibilities for um, for for the um, BTSC bookie for tomorrow morning. Um, there we go. We've already got some people saying the Bills to beat the Patriots. I'll tell you what, that'd be a big payout. Um, the Browns to beat the Ravens, Dolphins. I can't remember who the Dolphins even play this week. Um, but, but those are some ones that I'll have to look at. Thanks for the suggestions. So lots of stuff going on. Remember, seven podcasts a week. That's one podcast a day. Uh, next week, you'll probably get two. We might have to throw in an extra podcast to make sure we're giving you one a day. We don't want you all to go a day without having a podcast. I know that um, we've got some really good feedback from some people lately. Like, hey, I love it. This is the one place we can go where we get a podcast every day. Um, that's, that's fantastic. Plus make sure you're checking out behind We've got at least 10 articles coming out every day. Uh, so it's your one-stop shop for everything Steelers. Um, hopefully we'll have some t-shirt designs and whatnot, getting ready for people to, to vote, not just vote on, but then to get those, um, where they could be up and going for, for people to, to purchase. We'll get that information out there later. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And as Lance Williams always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We will see you all next week.